Welcome to Scale, sports, knowledge, and life. Let's learn, let's apply, and let's scale up. Welcome to Scale, sports, knowledge, and life. Today we're shooting episode seven with my special guest, James Childress III. Welcome to Scale, bro. Thank you, man. I appreciate the opportunity. It's going to be a good day. <clears throat> yeah, man. I'm excited to have you on. Uh, just kind of share a little bit of background. You know, Scale is what I created for student athletes. What I do is I bring on former athletes like yourself who've played in high school, college, and beyond and kind of come on and share your journey and tell your, your story to the youth so they can learn from it and gain from it and also create their path and using their talents to reach their fullest potential. So that's pretty much the premise of Scale. So again, thanks for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Um, if it's cool with you, I'm going to get started. Yes, sir. Let's get going. All right, let's go. All right, so I kind of started off scale with always asking how you feeling mentally, where's your mental space at right now, how you feeling? Right now, you know, with my mental space, uh, I personally feel good. Um, you know, there's a lot going on out here in the world to deal with. Um, and, you know, I'm just trying to find my way and uh, stay balanced and uh, stay healthy and um, stay light on my feet because um, health is wealth now, you know, mm -hmm. health is wealth. So, um, you know, I just try to, you know, I'm a role model and I, I'm a coach, so I'm out here helping kids. So I got to make sure I stay on my P's and Q's to make sure leading the youth down the right path. So, um, you know, right now everything's good and, you know, it's a new year and, you know, got a lot of exciting things coming and, you know, just trying to stay grounded, so. I love it, man. I love all what you're doing, man. Thank you for your, for you pouring back into the community. You know what I'm saying? And like you said, starting off as a role model and trying to give back so they can watch you and see how you move so they can move in that right, in the right manner. So definitely hats off to you and kudos and happy to hear that you're in a good space. You're right. We're in a new year, 2022. So, um, yeah, man. So, so let's kind of get right into it. So kind of talk about your, your love for sports and like where that came from. And then how many sports did you started playing like as a as a young kid, like, like as a toddler, infant kid, child? OK, um, so for me, I'm always to be honest with you, I've only only played basketball. Um, OK, I come from a basketball family, uh, started with my dad. Uh, my dad played in a back in like the 60s, you know, where racism was a huge thing mm -hmm. and. You know, it started with him and it led to my some of my older cousins that played college ball. So just looking up to them as a kid and their journey led to my own personal journey. Um, you know, we got the neighborhood I grew up in in Roanoke or Vinton, Virginia. Mm -hmm. um, we were we got two basketball courts. So it kind of leads into my yard. And, you know, so the basketball courts like literally right there. So that's kind of as a kid, that's where we stayed. It was safe. It's a family neighborhood. Um, so one of the, uh, you know, one of the things for me is, you know, having people around you that look like you, that mm -hmm. are on the same path. <clears throat> um, all of us, uh, all my friends that I'm still friends with to this day, uh, we grew up together playing sports, fighting each other, you know, just being <laughs> kids, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, with basketball, it started off at seven years old. 
um, my sister was uh, dating a assistant coach for at Virginia Military Institute, BMI. Mm -hmm. um, and these guys, Raymond and Damon, they're kind of my mentors all the way from seven years old all the way up to now. Um, I got went to their basketball camp for six years, seven to seven years old to 13. We kind of mm -hmm. lived like a military life uh, in the barracks and stuff like that. And just learning discipline, you know, and, you know, getting my basketball skills up that way. Um, so that's kind of how my journey started. And uh, with those guys, Raymond and Damon, they real been in influential in my in my journey um, as a kid and in, into the day. Um, oh, wow. So, um, wow. yeah, they have like when they were at that uh, at Virginia Military Institute, they were assistant coaches and then they started their own thing, which was called Twin Hoops Basketball Camp, which okay. is very locally known here in Roanoke, Virginia. And, you know, I've worked that camp for six, seven years. I attended it as a kid. And, you know, I met all my friends and all, everybody I played against. You know, that's kind of that's here locally. That's where everybody really gets started, you know, in my area. Um, you know, those are the some of the run-up legends um, in this area, and it's great to learn from guys like that, uh, great role models, and I kind of just kind of, you know, flow off what they did and, you know, keep that thing going, but it's been very successful um, for me. Right, right, right. Yeah, thanks thanks for sharing, man. Um, it seems like you really come from a family that loves basketball. Like basketball is kind of – you're like you said, you didn't you didn't dabble into football or baseball or soccer. You just said, listen, basketball is what I what I'm what I can be good at, you know, and what I see around me. You know what I'm saying? Cousin, your dad in the community, the backup court right behind your house. So you're able just to walk outside and just pick up next, like, hey, I got downs, you know, type thing. Right. So you know, we used to have like Sunday basketball, man. You're talking 30, 40 people at the court, and it's just all day long from morning all the way to the to the night. Come on, we got lights on the court. So, you know, even when it gets dark, you still can still hoop, man. Um, yeah, okay. it, it, you know, it's a lot of stories and a lot of battles. You know, that's how, you know, just growing up, you know, learning your toughness. Uh, I, I'm mm -hmm. not the biggest kid. You know, I was a skinny kid, so, you know, being able to get that toughness on the outdoor court really helped, you know, at the next level. Uh, right, so, right, yeah. right. All right, so so it sounded like basketball was what you played. So kind of talk about your journey of playing basketball. You mentioned that you went to that camp, you know, for about six years, from like six to, to like 13 or so, or seven to like 13. Yeah, so seven. talk about – yeah, go ahead. So um, – so like I said, uh, it was kind of, you know, most people, especially nowadays, they don't really just drop their kid off and just leave them. I'm not saying my parents did anything wrong, but like, yeah. you know, at seven years old, you get dropped off at the Virginia Military Institute and you and you don't know what to expect as a seven year old, especially this is like the early 90s, you know, mid 90s. <laughs> and, um, you know, I learned everything, you know, especially with discipline and focus, you know, because that's a military type of thing, you know, mm -hmm. um, and just getting all the skill work. I mean, it wasn't a day camp. It was a week long thing mm -hmm. for, and I think it was twice a twice a summer, you know, mm -hmm. for a whole week. You're just working on skills. You're being get to be around other kids, you know, and truly just get the focus on basketball and being a kid. You don't have to worry about your parents looking over you or maybe you're getting in trouble for this or, you know, parents stay on you. So, but you get getting that freedom early 
and being able to, you know, just be a kid and just learn from other people uh, was a huge thing for me. Um, right, right. And, you know, being away from home, I mean, the the place uh, is Lexington, Virginia. It's about an hour, mm-hmm. 15 hour, 20 minutes up the road from where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in a way, and I didn't go to the camp with my friends and stuff like that. So it was always meeting new people. Mm-hmm. So like right now, you know, I'm always, I'm still the person that likes to meet new people. So those things build, you know, you don't know it until you grow up. Like those things stick with you, you know, always being able to meet new people, go different places and just, you know, be able to open up to people, um, which is right, a huge right. thing for mental health too, um, you know being able to be open-minded and, you know, and embrace other people and other cultures and stuff like that. So um, it's been a huge influence on me and I notice it more now that I'm older than, you know, being in it as a young right. kid. Um, the Twin Hoops camp that I mentioned earlier, the local camp, mm-hmm. uh, it's a great thing. You know, it's a lot of all the Roanoke, Virginia legends always come back and help and work yeah. and just to be able to learn from those guys um, it, it's just, it's something that you need to go through coming from this right. area. Um, right, right. And there was another week long camp, but it was local. So, but being around hundreds of kids, you know, being, I, I kind of learn your competitive spirit, like getting out mm-hmm. there, you know, and competing, you know, you had the one-on-one tournaments and your, and your three-on-three and your five-on-five, like mm-hmm. you really how to play at an early age and uh, to learn from some of the best talent uh, that came before you uh, right. was huge. Um, so, so playing at that camp, you said you went to, you know, there was a local one that was a week long. Um, you went to the one that was an hour and a half away. Now going to these camps, did that kind of help like steer you and what high school you wanted to go to in Roanoke or was there only one high school that it's like no choice or was it only two high schools or like, what was your, what was your like thinking going to these camps, meeting different people, meeting mentors and coaches and trainers and like, Hey, you should go to this high school because you can go and start on, start as a freshman and, you know, on varsity or go to this, go to this high school. Or how was that like decision? And what was that journey leading up to high school? So leading up to, to the high school, really, I, there's only one school to go to in my area. Okay. Um, now I'm a County kid, as they say, uh, so I, I went to William Bird High School, the same school that my dad went to and like everybody else in my family, every all my older cousins, we all went to the same high school. We were all successful. And, um, you know, we really build a, a family name at that one school. And it started with my dad. I mean, the guy with no three point line averaged 30 points a game, 16 boards back in, you know, the 60s. <laughs> Dang, no three-point line? Oh, my no God. And, you know, everything just kind of build up from there. So, you know, the school, it was, I would say, I already always knew I was going to go there, and I just wanted to be able to, you know, put my staple in there because I, I've already seen what my, what my family members did, and I wanted to make sure that I did something, too, that people could remember. As well. Right. Um, was that pressure though? Was that pressure? Like knowing all types of pressure, man. I mean, the I was I want to talk about the pressure to be successful. It, it is is challenging uh, when when people have expectations for you. You know, as a as a young adult, <laughs> um, <laughs> you have to you have to mentally prepare yourself every day, and you have to make sure you uh, eat properly, get sleep, things like that. 
like all that stuff is important when you know you got to perform <laughs> right if not to say that I mean I could have done anything I wanted to do in life but like basketball is the thing that I chose so I had to make sure that you know I made that I did the right things to get to where I wanted to go um, right so I played in middle school seventh and great eighth grade year I could have played a, like a junior varsity as an eighth grader but I chose to go where I always tell kids go where you can get the most playing time mm -hmm. so you can get that experience especially coming up as a kid you know mm -hmm. there's no point of sitting on the bench just to say you were on the varsity as a freshman you know right. that's, that's kind of right. my idea like go where you can get all that playing time get that experience and then when you get to the highest level you know what to do. <laughs> right, 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 right. I concur with that. Listen, I I can attest, you know, firsthand with that. But yeah. So yeah. so so get into your high school. So you, you play seventh, eighth grade, could have been junior high, but you chose to stay to get more playing time, get that experience, get that exposure. When you got to high school, freshman year, um, did you play JV? I, I'm not sure if y'all I played one year J V my ninth grade year. I played mm -hmm. one year and we were really successful. Um and I think it it builded it builded me up to where I needed to be because when I got to varsity my sophomore year I started, um, so some guys that you know I was right there neck and neck with in middle school you know staying in middle school and playing instead of sitting on the bench you know potentially you know you can work hard to get there but when you got older kids that are, you know got more experience you sometimes yeah. got to take a back seat um, and I, and that just comes a part of the journey. I, I don't like to run away from, you know, a challenge or anything yeah. like that. So once I got the varsity level on a sophomore, I mean, I was ready, <clears throat> ready to go. I got the start. I played with some older guys that were only there for one more year. Mm -hmm. um, I made the, it's called the run of times land sizzling sophomore team, averaging like nice. 11 points a game. Um, so, you know, I think my path and the way I did it was the best way to go. Um, right. Right. We did have travel like things are different now. Like back in the day, like there was like we played travel basketball, but it's not as intense as it is now. You know, uh -huh. there's a lot of people playing, you know, they got different circuits and stuff like that. You kind of just played AAU. And when you went to a tournament, you just expect to play the best competition. Like there was no right. levels to the competition. Like when you get there, you're going to play the Boo Williams of Virginia. You're going to mm -hmm. play the Greensboro Gators, the Durham Heats and like you're just going to play the top teams. <laughs> right, 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 right. Knowing that, you know, my dad didn't shy away. He would put us in a tournament knowing that we had to play Team Adidas. You know what I mean? <laughs> With some local kids. When they got guys from all over the world playing on mm -hmm. the team. You know, that stuff like that. When you get back to your high schools, you're not afraid of nothing. You're prepared mm -hmm. for everything. So, yeah. um Getting thrown into the fire is a great thing. <laughs> right, right, right. Going, going into the ocean and just learn how to swim, huh? You know what right. I'm saying? Like, that's how you start to learn. Um, but uh, just kind of talk a little bit about, you know, being a student athlete at the high school. Like, your academics along with your, with your athletics. Like, how was that? How were you able to balance that? And did you have any challenges academically? Or were you spending too much time, you know, working on your craft as a basketball player versus, you know, trying to balance both? For me, though, uh, I didn't have that many challenges with the education part of it because my, my dad made sure I stayed focused. You know, mm -hmm. there was no playing around when it comes to your grades and stuff like that. Um, 
focus is a real like if you can master focus and eliminate distractions which i mean your parents can help you with that or they cannot help you with that but you know eliminate distractions and just stay focused was a, a good thing that i had uh from my family background um, i knew what i had to do to be able to stay on the court um as far as being a student um dealing with the challenge i'll tell you uh, i went to a predominantly white school um mm -hmm. so that presents its own challenges mm -hmm. um but you know, having your going to school with your with the same guys I live in the same neighborhood with that look like you it was very mm -hmm. beneficial. Uh, we kind of stuck together, you know, and you know we helped each other. And so, I I, I didn't like I said I didn't have that many challenges as a student. Um, I would like to consider myself a pretty smart guy. Um, mm -hmm finding the balance to make sure you get your work done, you know, make sure you participate in class, you know, just doing those things and being respectful to people is some of the, you know, being, having your manners and different things like that. You know, one thing I want to say is like, you never know who's watching. Right. You no, know, you never, you never know like who that person is. It can walk in a room or walking down a hallway. So you just got to make sure you stay on your P's and Q's. Right. Um, Make sure you're getting your work turned in, you know, and then going out and do what you have to do when the when the lights come on with the basketball, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't a, trying to trying to find a balance wasn't that bad, but mm -hmm. it can be challenging for others. So right. I understand that, um, especially being a coach now and helping kids. Like, I think one thing that helped me is not growing up in the social media world. <laughs> <laughs> Like there was no social media when I was in high school. So it was a whole lot easier and less challenging as it is today. I have to give some of the kids, you know, the benefit of the doubt nowadays because there's so many other things that can grasp your attention. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, so that's, that's kind of like, if I, I don't know how things would be growing up in today's time where you mm -hmm. always, I didn't even have a cell phone, you know, you just kind of, <laughs> Just went to school. You got your work done, and you and and you you play ball. Um, play ball, right, right, yeah, right. So, and, and you mentioned one one key thing as well, like having your dad there. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey son, stay grounded. Hey son, get your books done. You know what I'm saying? Like putting you in different camps and making y'all play top teams. So he, he not took care of he, he didn't stay in the right direction only academically, but also in the sport. Also, he's a former athlete, so. He right. knew what it took. Like he played in high school, you know, average, great numbers. Went probably went on to, to play, you know, at the higher level. So he knew what it took. So he's like, all right, have the blueprint, or at least, or at least know what I did, and I've seen from right. my mistakes. So now let's, you know, give it to you, and you kind of take it. So and it seemed like you followed. You know, what I'm saying you listened to, to your parents, and you know they guided you in the right direction. So right. you're able to find that success and find where you will find happiness and joy. Because you say you. You, you love basketball, you know, like you want to make sure that you gave it your all, every game, every play. Um, but if you want to come on that, you can, but also want to kind of go into a little bit about talking about AAU ball, because you talked about that. So one, how do you, did your, does your like community or your neighborhood or your city have like one AAU team or was there one that you guys had just from like the local players? And then, and then like, did that give you like a lot of exposure playing ABC, you know, it's in the ABCD camp or, Right. maybe going to Vegas or just, you know, just playing elsewhere besides locally. So for me, so in our area back in my day, there was really, we had the Roanoke Hawks. 
which was the top tier team in the area. And then pretty much it was the, anybody that didn't play for them was pretty much on our team. It wasn't a bunch of teams right now in today's time, there's a ton of organizations mm-hmm. and there's a ton of different skill levels you can play at uh, with travel basketball. But like back then it was just AAU mm-hmm. and you had maybe three teams in the area. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you had to fall in between those teams. Um, and for me, you know, we kind of stayed on the East Coast, but the East Coast has some of the best competition in the United States. Uh, mm-hmm. North Carolina, playing it up in Baltimore, D.C. area, uh, going down to Georgia, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina, areas like that. I mean, in my time, I mean, going down to play Charlotte, North Carolina, in Charlotte, I mean, you might play against uh, the Curry brothers. <laughs> you know, um, and so – D.C. area as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of top-tier competition there. Uh, and so I, I, being in Virginia and where I'm from, you kind of were four or five hours away from some of the best competition out right. there. And, you know, like I said, Boo Williams, uh, one of the biggest organizations out there. Um, they're only four hours up the road. <laughs> <laughs> Every tournament that you played in. Uh, teams from Richmond, Virginia, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, you didn't have to go far to find the, some of the best competition. And also, you know, Virginia Tech being close by, uh, 45 minutes away. Um, I always went to the individual camps. Um, in my high school, we went to their team camps. So we got mm-hmm. to play in those facilities. Uh, I actually had an opportunity uh, at one of the individual camps to play against uh, Virginia Tech's team at the time. Um, yeah, they chose like the top like twelve guys from the camp to play like in a in a scrimmage against their uh-huh. team. They got to play on the Texas court. You know, you just can't get those experiences back. You know, being able to go up as a high school player, being able to play against college D one players. I mean, that raises your level when you go back and play against you know your regular competition. Right, and your confidence too. Like, man, like I play with these guys. Like- a three-pointer or you know got a steal like just those little plays again like you said division one athlete when you're in high school wanting to be where they are one day you know what i'm saying and you build right. that confidence and, you know um, it's hard important. to play college it's hard to get into a college period you know period. you know it doesn't matter what level it is and i and i try to make people understand that like i think the statistics around like seven percent of high school athletes play in college at any level yeah um, so you have to separate yourself and you have to, like I said, I'm going back to focus and dedication is the key because if you have to, everybody's good somewhere in their area. So you have to do those little things to separate yourself to get, to get seen. Right. Um, you definitely got to have the confidence. If you don't have the confidence, you can shoot, you can be the best shooter in the world, but if you don't shoot it, nobody's going to know. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like you'd be the best rebounder, but if you're afraid to go in the paint, then <laughs> nobody knows. So, Right, right. So while you was in high school, did you work? Or did you have, like, jobs, like, throughout, yeah. you know, the, uh, the uh, season or in the summer? And if you did work, you um, know, what was that balance like, you know, balancing our work, trying to make a little money on the side, you know, you got school that you can't let just let your grades drop and you got basketball. That's still like your, right. your, your, your uh, bread and butter. 
So I'm glad you brought that up. So I did work. I worked a lot as a kid, especially <laughs> I did. I had a um I actually had a job for two years at TJ Maxx working retail. Um my um the end of my sophomore year, all the way up until like halfway through my senior year, I worked at TJ Maxx. Um I worked for Roanoke County Parks and Rec. That was mm-hmm. a real easy job because I would get out of basketball practice and then go up right. to our middle school and do the books and do the clock for the uh, for rec basketball games. And right. I also uh, cut grass during the summer. I like 12, about 10 or 12 yards, uh, cutting people's uh-huh. grass in the neighborhood. And, uh, you know, where I grew up, my dad had a wood stove. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we always had to get wood during the summer. So I was always chopping wood, splitting wood, <laughs> stacking it. You know, I mean, I knew there wasn't a lot of room for a whole lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> school basketball and that was fine with me you know because it builds work ethic mm-hmm. uh, so yeah so having a job was nothing man like it was just a part of the process you know I have a little bit of money so I could get my own shoes right know, my dad ain't all up to up to date in the, in the gear back in the day <laughs> I wanted what I wanted so you know working at TJ Maxx you get those polos and different things mm-hmm. like that the kids like <laughs> 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 right, right. Yeah, no, I feel you with that. And, and you said something that I kind of want to touch on as well, too. You uh, mentioned, like, because you were so busy working, chopping wood, working at TJ Maxx, going to school, playing ball, like, you really didn't have time for, like, fun. But I'm sure you still have, because I tell, I tell young athletes as well, or student athletes, like, it's important to have balance. Like, it's okay to go to the movies, you go to the to the mall with your friends, and go skating or to, a, to, like, a party. But you have to have the discipline to know when is it appropriate to indulge in that fun or like, you know, let me scale back and work on my, on my re- report that's due on Monday. Or if I have a big game coming up and go work on my free throws or work on my swimming laps or, you know, my whatever yeah. sport you're playing, I to uh, work on it. So if you can touch about that, about yeah, fun. You know, to me, the fun was the hooping because all my friends, we all lived in the same neighborhood and, you know, getting it, going in the park like we did a lot of things just in the park it might have not always been sports related you know but like it, you didn't have to leave the neighborhood to go have fun you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah we partied a little bit everybody does a little bit but it's about the balance um so like I said we didn't have to leave the neighborhood yeah. to have fun uh, we could be chopping it up, playing games. Now, I told you I didn't play any, like, other sports, but, like, we would play baseball. we do the dodgeballs mm-hmm. of the world, like, you know, mm-hmm. different things like that, you know, a little kickball, you know. But, I mean, I just try to stay focused because um, uh, another thing I try to tell kids is just a little bit of focus and a little bit of time, two or three years, you can change your whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at some of these athletes nowadays, you know, they go from high school to one year college and in basketball. So that means in a three, four year time span, they changed their whole life, their income, and and everybody around them's life changed forever. Right. This is just right. a little bit of focus. But um I do nowadays looking back on it, like I wish I would have done more stuff, you know, maybe because I play a little golf now. Like if I would have mm-hmm. played some other sports, maybe been a part of the band or you know, just doing mm-hmm. some other stuff. Like don't limit yourself to just you know just one or two things so i'm just like you like don't don't sell yourself short right right Um, and you know doing other things and you can meet different people 
And you can also, you know, building connections is huge in life. And you got to be able to be well-versed in multiple things and just one thing. You don't want to seem like a jock, you know, like right. you're, just, you're just a sports head. You, you can't right. talk about anything else. Right. Um, you have to do other things to be able to have those uh, type of experiences. So, right. Right, right, right. Well said, well said, well stated. So now I kind of want to get to the notes and books. So like being in high school, you already knew like, okay, I got the skills, I have the talents and the grades to go play ball at the next level. So what are some of the things that you did like, or some tip that you would give to another young athlete that's playing now in high school or middle school? What are some of the tips you did to get recruited and to kind of get that scholarship to play at the next level? Okay. So, so one of the things that I mentioned earlier is people, you don't know who's watching. So right. one of the things I would say is be the same person when everybody's looking and when they're not looking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you can be the greatest person on earth when everybody's watching you, but you still got to be that same person when nobody's watching you because you just don't know. And you don't know who can help you. Um, so, and for me, was just keeping a basketball in my hand and watching basketball. I always, I like to tell kids all the time, you have to watch ball. Now, back in our day, we used to have like the N1 mixtapes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we had the N1 mixtapes, man. We put those things in the VCR. Yeah. We yeah. watch those things for hours, and then we try to go out there and kind of duplicate what we could. Uh, I remember I always – so kids, another like I used to watch Paul Pierce a lot, and he used mm-hmm. to have like a little side step back move, man. That he used to do like on the baseline, and I was like, mm-hmm. man, I would I spent hours on the basketball court trying to do that move, you know, until I perfected. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I grew up uh, just a little bit younger than uh, JJ Redick. He's from this mm-hmm. area, you know. I got to see him play in high school. And, you know, watching him go to one of his games and watch him shoot, you know, working on that follow through. So always going to watch other basketball players play is a huge thing. So you can pick up on any little small thing and just focus on the person that plays your position. Right. Um, and, you know, for me, like, I, like I've been saying, focus. Um, there's a lot of distractions out here. Girls, mm-hmm. drugs, mm-hmm. alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't, one thing that helped me is I didn't have a car in high school, so I wasn't just able to just ride around <laughs> and just do whatever, you know what I mean? Get into anything and everything, you know, I didn't start driving until I got to college. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know these kids now are rushed to be grown, want to have a car and this, that, and the other. So, you know, just kind of eliminating the distractions and staying around like-minded people. Like like mm-hmm. I said, I came up with some guys in the neighborhood, like they might've not made it to college ball, but they wanted to be successful at sports. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're hanging around people that are just there to be a part of the cool clique, those people can lead you down the wrong direction. Right. Quick, quick, you can go down the wrong direction quicker than going in the right direction. Right. So it's a whole lot easier to go to do do the wrong thing. So um, so that's one of the huge things, being around like-minded people and people that want to see you be successful, mm-hmm. uh, people that motivate you. Um, another thing is listening. Mm-hmm. You know, I talked about the mentors of Raymond and Damon Williams, mm-hmm. the people that I grew up um, being around. I mean, any gym that they have for me, 
another guy named uh, Mike Franklin. He played. Uh, he's from his area. He's closer to my dad's age, but he mm-hmm. played at Cincinnati. You know, he came up in that time, a rough time too, as an older older gentleman. And you know, just you know, just listening to those guys, being around those guys, and always listening. Son, do this, do that. Like, mm-hmm. don't be out here doing this, that, and the other, and just stay stay in line. Like, listening is a key thing for anything in business, but like. And being able to retain information and, and be able to do something with it. Right. Um, and just, just practicing, practicing repetition. And I know that, um, the mama mentality, just being repetitive and just doing the same things over and over again. You're not going to know, you're not going to do anything different on the court than what you've always, always practiced. You know, mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. So if you are getting your shots up and you making sure you work on your footwork and you're working on your ball handling, it's going to show in the games. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one. Of, I mean, that's a huge part of trying to get a basketball scholarship is being able to have confidence. And the only way you're going to have confidence in your game is by getting the practice and getting those reps and getting a thousand shots up every single day. You know, we didn't have, I, I'm a basketball trainer now. We didn't have basketball trainers and people that could be with you all the time. Mm-hmm. Our parents worked and stuff like that. So, I mean, it was up to me to have that uh, self-motivate, like you gotta be self-motivated right. Um, right. to be able to uh, play at the next level at any level. Um, right. So the, some of the huge things for me also, I went to a basketball uh, basketball tournament. It was at Virginia Tech, and I mm-hmm. had two huge games, thirty five plus points. And like <sighs> you never know who's watching. Never so I, I I get invited to a uh, top two fifty camp in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, and that changed everything for me. You know, mm-hmm. um, I went down there. That was the first time I played in a but I only knew like maybe two people total in that gym, you know, everybody from everywhere, from all over the East coast. There's probably 200 college coaches there just standing on the sideline with a notebook. You know what I mean? It's nerve wracking, man. You know, I mean, especially as a kid, you know, you just sitting around watching, looking around, it's easy to get caught up in the moment and screw mm-hmm. up, you know, but, you know, trusting your practice. Like if I hadn't put all the work in, you know, and played against that good competition early in life, I could have folded, you know. Right, right. So all that prep work, all it all comes full circle when you get invited to something like that. Right. You know, after having a couple of good games and showing my talent there, you know, some letters started to roll in. You know, always had the one aspirations, even though they didn't happen. But, I mean, I got to see some of those letters. You got to have those conversations, right. you know, and – you know, it changed everything for me as far as like confidence and like being able to think you got to think you can do something before you go actually go out and do it, you know? So yeah, college ball, I mean, you can watch it on TV and be like, man, those dudes are huge. You know I mean? They hit shots, like used to playing in big crowds, you know, playing in a crowd, you know, like our games used to be big around here, but we didn't play in like those gigantic gyms. I never had that opportunity. So, you know, that's another thing, playing with crowd noise and people heckling and stuff like that. You got to stay mentally locked in. Right. If you're not locked in, you can easily lose yeah. it all out on the yeah. court. So yeah. just having my dad and having some of my older cousins to play college ball as well and getting their, getting their experience and having them uh, as a somebody to lean and depend on, 
is very helpful as well. So, um, yeah. 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 The, um, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. So um, just wanted to kind of just pinpoint how you mentioned you, you played at, you know, was it VTech, Virginia Tech? You uh, mm-hmm. had a game where you had two breakout games, 35 plus points. And from that game, like you said, you don't know who's watching from that game took you to a bigger platform where you went to, was this North Carolina? South it was Carolina? in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. At, uh, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah with, with coaches, no pads. They're recruiting like, this is, okay, a guard. He's, this is his name, the school he goes to. Like, So now you're at a platform where now it's like, whoa, amplified. But like you said, if you weren't prepared for that moment, you could have folded. But you've right. already, you already know, okay, stay mentally strong. Like, you know what to do. Go out there and do it. Like, you've already been practicing it. Now it's time to display. So you went out there and did well, had some had some good games. Like I said, letters start coming in. D1, probably some D2, other schools are like, yeah, hey. plenty of D2, you know, D3 at all levels. You know what I mean? All levels. All levels coming in. And it's just like, man, like this is what I've been grinding for, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I'll tell you this, like with the, with this, with the process of, trying to get to the next level, it could all be taken away from you. And understanding that one wrong thing can screw it all up. And I'll, and I'll say uh, my senior night in, in my basketball game in high school, um, we were playing our rival high school and an altercation happened. Um, and, you know, I got into it with a player and, you know, I was suspended for the rest of the season. senior night you know and I was trying to go for 40 I had 19 in the first half and you know the altercation broke out and you know those letters some of those letters stopped coming in some of those conversations stopped happening you know what I mean so one thing can take it all away but you know thankful for Bluefield College for giving me an opportunity but like a lot of the conversations stopped. A lot of the letters stopped coming in. So, you know, that's why I said one a huge thing is that this can all – it's a privilege to play sports, to yeah. be an athlete. So just knowing that it could all be taken away. Um, right, right. And, and and you mentioned a good thing. You said it's a privilege. Like some people go to schools like where they had a JUCO or at a D2 or D3 or NAIA or D- – and you're like, or even at D1, like maybe a mid-level and not a bit. And you're like, man, I'm supposed to be at this school or this, man. It's a privilege to play at the high school level, at the AAU level, at the junior college, college. Like when you wear that jersey, I don't care what animal or what mascot you wear or what, right. like you wear it with pride because there's right. someone out there that will give their left arm to, to wear the uniform and to go all out for it. Whereas you're like, man, I'm only here because what? Because what? of this or because of that. Granted, you, you probably are, but you are here. So be where you stand. You're standing at this school, playing for this team. Give it your all, no complaints, no no looking back. So uh, definitely, definitely a privilege. And people don't look at it that way. They feel like they're entitled to it. No, nah, just because you're 6'5", or you're well, swolled, or you know what I'm saying, you have a good, bad average, like it's, it's a privilege to play on whatever team you're playing on. So certainly, you know, you have to act, act like it. Because like, like you said, one wrong decision, one wrong incident, like your story reminded me a little bit of, I don't know if, if you know about the a story about Kevin Garnett when um, he was playing, I think, you no, know, he was 6'10". I forgot what it was. I don't know if he was, I forgot what. Where he was from, from like something South Carolina because I, I, uh, when I lived in Charlotte, I, I met somebody that, that knew of KG when he was younger. Yeah. So I read his story similar. Like 
I think it was a, something happened on, I don't know if on campus or at school, like a fight. Of course, him being six, six, ten, eleven, he stands out. So right. they, they say, oh, Garnett was in the fight. So he, he got like expelled from the school or something for, for like, it jeopardized him going to college. Like he was, people didn't realize that he was kind of forced to go to end the NBA. Like he was on the verge to going to college, but when he got into the issue, he had to move and try to finish high school. Once like a, some like prep score or something and then went right, to the right, league, right. but he didn't like, thank God all, I mean, he was my, my, my favorite player. Like KG was my guy. Right. I mean, he's still right. my guy, he retired. <laughs> I love his energy. I, I, so like, I read about his story. And I'm like, what? So he didn't right. really like want it. He was like almost forced to. And thank God it worked out. He got his ring with the Boston Celtics. And you know what I'm saying? But it reminded me of your story, how, how you were saying, granted, you were in the, I mean, like you got into the, the altercation. It was like a mix up, but wrong, wrong decision. You went from 19 points in the first half to now not playing the rest of, of the season. And coaches are like, man, is he going to be a trouble? issue at, at our college bring him on right, like right, right, right. start to think about that i mean his grades are okay this but he got in a fight on at the game like why would he you know what i'm saying so coaches will start to contemplate like do we want to take this kid on and deal with that you know what i'm saying so kind of talk about how bluefield college came about and you know how how did that still i mean or if you had other schools on the table you chose bluefield or was bluefield the only one that was like hey we want to bring you on and we'll take a chance with you and we'll see how how it plays out um, so for me, I, I, did, I did have some other schools uh, looking at me still, but when I went to go visit those schools, I kind of based my, you know, being when I was in high school, you know, I was the best player and it was always pressure. Like if I didn't perform, it was going to be hard to win. So when I went to other schools to visit, if they said that we're trying to build the program around you, I was kind of like already turned off. I was like, I kind of really? wanted to be like a part of the team, be a role guy, you know, come in, do what I got to do. And so, like, I wasn't really, you know, it's, like I said, we talk about mental health as well with this. Like, it's a lot of pressure to, to try to have to always perform and always be at the top just, you know, to have an opportunity to win a game. So when I went to Bluefield College and I saw, like, the type of guys that were already there, saw what Coach Gillespie and them had going, they were younger coaches, um, you know, coming up, they, I think they were just not like really getting started in the coaching, you know, I, that can more relate more to them. Um, I went up there for a visit. Actually, my dad went to Bluefield state. So he took me to Bluefield right. state. He took uh -huh. me to college and, you know, I really fell in love with the smaller atmosphere. Uh, I liked the fact that the coaches were younger, you know, they could relate more. They can understand me more. Mm -hmm. uh, class size was a huge thing for me. Um, and cause I went to a bigger high school and I kind of wanted to downsize. Like I always wanted to play ball, but I, I just, for me, I, I didn't really see myself going to an NBA or doing something like that. So I just want to do something that was comfortable and I could accomplish something and be a part of something great. Um, right. so that was kind of like when I went into, like I said, when I went into these meetings with these coaches and these programs, I'm like, I like, you want to build some around me because you know I can score a lot of points. Like I'm not really into that, you know, anymore. Like if I can come in and average ten points a game, come in, hit some threes, play some defense, you know, get some boards, and we get the win. Everybody's happy. I'm good with that. You know what I mean? Right. I wasn't. I wasn't looking to be the the guy. Like, right. I was right. trying to take that pressure off me, and not that's, everybody's that's like that, you know. But for me, 
I was just ready to like kind of want to get my education and kind of like continue to grow as a as a young adult. Um, yeah, that's that's a different. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, but I finish. No, it. go ahead. No, I'm just gonna say like that's a that's a different mindset that I haven't. That I you rarely hear that, right? You you really hear like, hey, I was a man in high school. I would nothing didn't go without going through me. Like coach knew that I was the go to when you're like in college. Like, hey, I'm not trying to go to the NBA. Like, I'm trying to go where I can go get my education paid for. I can play ball, have fun, accomplish, and maybe win a championship or win a conference champion. It's mentally draining sometimes to always have the spotlight on you. And, I mean, just kind of wanted to live a little. You know what I mean? Just take a back seat to always, um, like, being in the paper. I mean, it's just a lot, you know. And, and I come from a smaller town, so in a smaller right. town – if you're the guy or you're the person get uh, scoring all the points, like there's always somebody looking at you. There's always an article, you know, because when I, like I told you in high school when I had the altercation, like being in a smaller town, like it was seen it, 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 blew it was a huge thing, you know, in a bigger city in Florida, I think it would have just got swept under the rug and right, it was just, right. you know, so Right. Just kind of wanted to take a backseat to all of that. Be around a good group of guys. You know, we went to college with some good dudes. You know, right. everybody, you know, successful and stuff like that. So I was more right. like building relationships and, you know, just having fun. And, you know, I got every bit of that um, at Blueford College. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. And also, I don't know if the people know, but you and I, so you and I crossed paths well about at Blueford College. I, you know, I went to four different schools, but I, I ended up at Blueford College like my last year and a half. And you were there. So we were teammates. So, you know what I'm saying? So that's how we kind of have, have our um, rapport there. So kind of talk about your your uh, journey through Bluefield College. Like, you know, like, did you have, or even in high school, like, did you have any injuries that may have caused you to set out some games or miss games? Or were you like, eh, a couple ankle injuries, but you were able to kind of push through, like, just kind of talk, talk through about any challenges on the court. And then also really to the academics in college, too, but kind of talk about that, that transition into college. So the transition to college was, it was eye-opening, you know, because when you first get there on campus, you you get there and, you know, you move it into your dorm room and everything like that. Now, one thing that helped me in the initial transition to high school to college, I actually went, my roommate was one of my friends from high school. Yeah. You know what I mean? So being around, and then I had, a um, there was a couple of guys that got scholarships to play baseball from my high school mm -hmm. uh, with the Bluefield College. So we kind of all like, kind of stuck together. You know what I mean? Yeah. So having, just having a couple people around you that you're familiar with, some familiar faces, that kind of helped with that initial transition uh, going into college. Um, now, when we got to the basketball court, I could see like the the physicality of the game change. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I could remember like getting out on the court the first time. My coach was like, "Yeah, we got open gym tonight." I was like, "Man, I just checked in the school. Like, we got open <laughs> gym tonight." <laughs> I remember my boy Kurt. Man, he was driving to the basket. And he just kind of ran me over, and I was just like, "Man, is this really what I really want to do?" You know, he just threw me out the way. You know what I mean? I was like, and that's where I realized, like, man, like I try to tell kids, like, man, you got to work out. You know, you got to train, you know, get your body physically ready uh, for some for that. So the, that that initial transition, you know, and another thing um, is dealing with everybody. When you get to college, everybody's good. 
you know, everybody was good at the high school. You know what I mean? Everybody was the best player on their high school team, second best player on their team. Right. So you're dealing with egos, you mm -hmm. know, you're dealing with people that think they're just as good as you are. So you got to do certain things to kind of separate yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If that's taking charges, you know, or, you know, playing or get just battling on D, you know, you just can't just be a shooter or just be the guy anymore. Like that transition right there and dealing with not playing as much. Mm -hmm. you know, it's only 40 minutes in the game and you got everybody competing for your spot. Um, and, you know, one thing I liked um, is, you know, coach always kept a lot of good players around because the better, the more players you have, you got to stay on top of your game. You right. can't take a couple of days off. You could slide to out of the rotation just like that. that. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't have that. To, so to the most kids in high school, that doesn't happen. You know what I mean? You can have a couple bad days in high school. You're not sliding nowhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> but in college, you could lose your spot just like that. You could be kicked out of school just like that. You know, any little thing, if you're not taking care of your academics, you know. Now, Bluefield College, like I said, I chose that school for the most part because of, like, smaller class sizes so you can focus more. You know, going to bigger schools and visiting, you can sit in a class with 500, three, four, 500 people, and you're just sitting up there listening. Like, that's not how I learned, so I made sure I was somewhere where I could be successful in the classroom, too. Right. Um, now, a challenge that everybody has to go through is going to class. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't have your parents there telling you you got to get up. You got to go to class. You got to do this. So, you know, I, I mean, I'll be honest, you know, initially, I mean, it's hard, you know, <laughs> having, having to deal with more freedom is a huge challenge going into being a freshman in college. Like, you got all the freedom in the world. Mm -hmm. You And your choices will determine how successful you are early in life. You know what I mean? Right. So um, dealing with freedom and, you know, going to class those things are huge like going to class is almost half the job because if you're there you're gonna learn something and you're gonna do and make sure you get your work completed and stuff like that mm -hmm. you know having a having more of a schedule because you know in high school you got your classes and then you got ball and then you go home and whatever your parents got you doing is like your schedule but right. like you kind of growing as into an adult um and dealing with more distractions Right, you know, right. Because now you don't have somebody telling you, you got to be at home at 12 o'clock or being at home at 10, you know, on the weekend or during right. the week and stuff like that. So I didn't have a job or anything like that in college. So, you know, just dealing with those little small things like that is huge. Right. And being able to like challenge yourself, you know, not to do anything stupid and to, to jeopardize everything um, right. is, is huge for a growth of a young athlete um, out there trying to make it. Um, right. Now, dealing with injuries, I didn't really have a lot of um, mm -hmm. uh, injuries besides your knickknack ankles and stuff yeah. like that. Now, I do remember uh, the one time we were playing in a tournament in Nashville, and we were playing, I think it was Trevecca Nazarene. And, like, we, I, had, I think I had, like, five points. But, like, I remember, like, I went to the basket and this dude slapped down on my hand really hard. And I didn't think nothing about it. I was like, man, I probably got a jammed finger. Wake up the next morning, um, and my finger is probably the size of three of my fingers, my middle finger. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
And I remember going out on the court, we had like shoot around for the next game. And like, I shot the ball and it was like, didn't even get close to the rim. <laughs> I remember telling coach, I was like, man, I can play left-handed. He was like, no way. <laughs> like, you're not going to play left-handed. Yeah. But like, he made me practice. But like, as far as playing in the games and like, that ended up being like a huge thing for me, especially my, like my junior year, like having my hands taped all up and trying yeah. to like, yeah. like my shooting percentage dropped heavily, you know, but I was still, I wasn't as accurate as I, as I was early in my career, but like that injury, even though it was small, it really affected me like all season long. Uh, but just, a, and like today, like it's still like, I still have like nerve damage and stuff in my fingers from that, from that injury and stuff like that, but it's very small. So like the littlest things can, yeah. tweak. you have to just change your game and you just have right. to but um, it was back like when Kobe had all them finger issues and he was getting his fingers saved. I remember going to the trainer like, man, you need to take my fingers like Kobe's. <laughs> I was like, he can still shoot. I was like, right now, I can't. So they did something different with like how they take my fingers and it definitely got me, uh, helped me out a lot. Um, yeah. And, you know, Dylan, um, you know, just dealing with that mentally, not being as accurate um, as I'm used to, uh, accustomed to being mm-hmm. with, was a challenge um even though it was a small injury but it really affected what my role was on the team yeah um, so you know everybody know me as a shooter on the team so like I can't really shoot like what what am I doing out here you know <laughs> <laughs> so I just did the best I could with that um but you know I've seen other injuries and you know seeing it get to other people and it can really weigh you down. It can right. weigh the people around you down, you know, having to help and, you know, just mentally not being able to practice with your guys and be around right. in the day-to-day grind, you know, being in the, being on the court and practicing. Like, you miss that stuff when you can't do it. Right. You know right. what I mean? And just trying to keep your body – just trying to keep your body up because I try to tell kids, like, you have to train because it's a long season. You got mm-hmm. preseason. Mm-hmm. You got conditioning. Mm-hmm. You probably, I know Coach Gillespie used to like number the practices. You got like 200 practices. And if you <laughs> college, you're playing 35, 40 games. Like you can't be, you, you cannot like train your body for that. Like you have to right. do those things. You know what I mean? So getting yeah. your, making sure that you do your ice baths, you do your massages, mm-hmm. and you know, you do your heat and stem, ice and stem. Like, all that stuff is important and to find balance um, to get all of that done, go to school mm-hmm. and you know, try to perform and do your role on the team. I mean, it could be, it's challenging, man. It's a lot that comes into it. That's why we say it's a privilege to do all this stuff because not everybody can do it. Right, right, right. No, no, I agree. I agree. And while were you, while you were in college, did you have like a strong social support system? Like whether it be like a teammate, whether it be your, some of your friends from the high school, whether it be your parents, like brothers. Yeah, yeah. so um, I mean, I feel like the team, that, that was the closest I ever felt, you know, being as a family on a team when I was in college, man, we really stuck together. Um, you know, when we went on the road and stuff like that, we were always together, everybody clowning and having a yeah. good time, you know, being able to go out of town. Like, the, I remember we went to the national tournament out there in Missouri and stuff like that. Like yeah. those experiences, man, being a week away from everybody, you know, out in Missouri, 16, 17 hours away, those bus rides, 
you know, <laughs> those long, long bus rides, rides. stuff like that. Um, I did have a lot of support from people back home. Like people really kept up with what I was doing, even though I wasn't like initially well playing a lot. Like people still came to my games, mm-hmm. my friends and stuff like that. My family came and supported me. Uh, always had the great family support. Um, yeah. Like not just my dad, but like my sisters, my aunts, you know, they always showed up. Even if I played two minutes, you know, they were still proud of me and stuff like that. And uh, my old AAU coach, uh, Bill Bartley, he used to keep up with me. He came to some of my games. So his son, Brian, you know, they, yeah. I really felt like the, you know, my little town of Vinton, where I'm from, really still like, you know, cared and wanted to see me be successful. Um, yeah, that's love. That's love. That's love. That's love. You know, so, in spite, you know, in spite of everything, you know, like I said, that happened in high school uh, towards the end of my career there, you know, I, nobody looked at me, looked down upon me, you know, because of that. And everybody still, I still had a strong support staff, you know, and some of those people are still in my life today, you know, so you know, that's a huge thing. Like when you, when you go off, especially if you don't play somewhere like right down the road from your, from where mm-hmm. you like it's good to have that support system. You know, I think it would have been a bigger thing with social media because I think once I got to college, like I think Facebook finally came out and maybe <laughs> had a little bit of MySpace, like but your parents yeah. wasn't on it, you know, mm-hmm. people, like they was really just like kids. So they even have a strong support system without having social media there and things like that. Um, it's huge. Um, because is. I mean, it's, it's long days, man. I was just sitting back thinking when you um, just think about this interview, like, man, we get home on a bus ride at two or three o'clock in the morning and then you got class all morning and then you right mm-hmm. back into practice and everything yeah. else. Like, man, if you ain't got somebody to help you and like talk you through some things like it could it, it could be a huge challenge uh, right. to, try, to try to get through the whole thing. <clears throat> right. No, no, no. I, I agree 100 percent. You said it well. You said it well. So did you stay at Bluefield uh, your entire you know, collegiate career? Or did you, you know, you start freshman all the way to senior and graduate? And then also talk about, I know you mentioned academics, you know, early on it was tough to get to class. But once you got there, you know, that's half the battle. You show up, you know, you right. learn something and, and get through. So did you were pretty solid academically throughout your college, you know, journey as well? well. I'll tell you right now, um, with the academic part of it, like, Things didn't start off too great, you know. <laughs> it didn't start off too great. And I'll just be honest, like like I said, growing up as a young adult and having to deal with freedom, you know, mm-hmm. freedom can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing, depending mm-hmm. on your choices. Um, so initially, you know, it was an uphill battle uh, with my academics, but it never affected anything on a, like, as far as being eligible to play basketball, right. it just wasn't what I was accustomed to. You know what I'm saying? Like in the workload, the work, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you go from high school, you know, having some assignments and you take your test, but man, when you got to write like a 10 page paper, you got an hour and a half presentation. I remember, um, juice Omar, you know, yeah, we had, shout out to um, yeah, we had, I remember we had to do this uh, pre, like an hour long presentation, man. I think it was me, him and Phil. I mean, <laughs> we had like the semester to work on this thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's your grade, you know, right. that presentation is your grade. Yeah. You know, it's not take a test and pass <laughs> the class. You know what I mean? It's getting up in front of 
the dean, the uh, dean, the other professors, other uh, top students, and you know, it's different when you like in a class and you up there listening to the teacher. Yeah, difference when you up there in front of the podium, the lights are off and the spotlight is on you. You know, right. that's a whole different type of pressure and just being prepared, you know, and having everything um, in line, you know, to make it make sense. Right. Because right. at the end of the day, those type of presentations like that, like they want to know, they don't know. And like people in the crowd don't know. So you have to yeah. give and then the question and answer sessions is probably the hardest part of it all. <laughs> Q&A. Because you don't know what people might say. You just got you got to stand up there and take it and do your best you can. Um, but, you know, that stuff like that, you know, if you can get through things like that, you can get through anything, man. You know, it helped me out like um, like today, like when I used to work for uh, Allstate Insurance and stuff like that, being up and getting up in front of people and being able to present things and you know, getting up in those business meetings and being able to speak clearly, you know, mm -hmm. have eye contact, like college really um, builds you for things like that. Like some people think it doesn't matter, um, yeah. but it's huge. Um, but, you know, after I got through my freshman year, things really started to turn around for me. I uh, really found what my major was going to be and could focus and, you know, get back on track. But, you know, just going through that initial process, you know, trying to get a business degree um, mm -hmm. is tough, um, but it taught me a lot, you know, especially now as, that I have a, like a business and an organization that I'm trying to run. Like everything that I did in college matters. Right. Yeah. Now. You know what I mean? And you're talking about from 2006 to 2010. I went to Bluefield the whole entire time. Right. Uh, so from start to finish, I graduated on time in four years. And, you know, it, it, it taught me a lot. I just I always tell people, if you can survive in that little town of Bluefield and go to college, <laughs> like you can go anywhere and be successful. You know, right. you know, a, another element, you know, going to the school I went to is the weather, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Imagine, you know, for people listening, like going to a gym 6 a.m. for practice and it's like negative five degrees outside. You know what I mean? I remember a couple of times I had like a car accident right before practice sliding on black ice and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, just dealing with that cold weather and still having to go to class, walk on campus. I mean, it makes you want to rethink everything you're doing right now. <laughs> Do I really want to finish this out. Do I want to go somewhere else. You know what I mean? So being in a in West Virginia was different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It taught us a lot. You know, all those mountains, you go to sleep, it's cold, right? And when, right. And when it starts raining, you know, like, you wake up to an all-white city. You look out the window, all-white. You're like, oh, right. my God. Then and you, you know, that, uh, school gets canceled, like, or, like, delay you online, trying to see the Google College is going to be delayed or is it going to be canceled so, so you can, like, sleep in. Man, it was crazy. <laughs> Right, 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 right. So, you know, for me, I think I went to school at the right time, you know, before social media, before video games were so cool. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? You look at video games now, you, I mean, it almost looks real. You know, right. I mean, everybody's right. life revolves around social media. Like, mm -hmm. I got to experience everything before all of that really amped up to, to where right. it is right now. Um, right. I could only imagine, you know, 
what YouTube could have done for me or what, you know, Instagram could have done for me with recruiting and different things like that. Right. You gotta, nowadays, kids got to be able to use that stuff in a positive instead of a negative. Um, right. Because right. when Absolutely. you go to college and when you're in high school and you're trying to do stuff, like you're a brand, just right. like Pepsi or anything like that. Like you're a brand and like social media, you have to use social media to build your brand and not harm right. your brand. Right. Uh, right. huge. Right. I agree. I agree. All right. So as we get to the tail end of the of the, of the session, I got like a few more questions to kind of run at you. So uh, the next one is kind of share one of your most embarrassing, you know, moments or moments that you had, whether on the court, off the court, you know, the air ball free throw or something crazy if you, that you want to share about yourself and, and about your own um, your journey as a, as a student athlete. Um, one of my embarrassing moments. Uh, I'll be honest. Have- yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be for sure, man. I mean, this was a little bit more personal. I mean, I, I know you know about it, but um, is when I, I got into I got in trouble in, in college. Um, it was very embarrassing moment to be able to have a a, a run in with the police in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because that hurt the school. It hurt the mm-hmm. team. It hurt my family. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't nothing serious, you know. I didn't go to like, you know, what I mean, I didn't have to do time or nothing like that. But right. getting in trouble and then get suspended from the uh, for half the season, like that was an embarrassing moment for me. I had never like had to experience that, you know, and being able not to be able to go to the gym, not to right. be able to be around my teammates, you know. And that was the same year that you know we got to go to Auburn, you know. You yeah. get, I said. I didn't get to go. I didn't get to make that trip to go down to Auburn and play them. And young boys played well, you know, and almost had an opportunity to win. Like not being a part of that really like made me rethink who I'm hanging out with, who I'm around and what am I really doing? You know what I mean? So for me, that was I mean, it was a moment, but it also taught me a lot. You know what I mean? I, I, I rather who cares about an air ball that happens to everybody. That was a moment where, like, I could go this way or I can go that way. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But I stayed focused during that time and really, like, did some soul searching. And, you know, I turned a negative into a positive. Um, right. Came back right. and really had a, a, a good moment to help the team get back. And, you know, we made it to the national tournament for the second year in a row. Right. Uh, but like I said earlier, like, this is a privilege and the things can be taken away from you and, Sometimes when you go through some adversity, it can you can make it worse or you can you can turn it around. So right, right. Um, so and, and, and yours was a, was a success story, like you mentioned. You came back, you sat out the rest of that season. It hurt. You missed key games, fun times, but you came back and turned it into a positive. Where you took you helped you know the team get back to the national championship game. I went to Missouri again. Like you know what I'm saying. So you didn't just take that negative because like it wasn't you that was a negative or a loss or a failure. It was just that event. What took right. place. Now, what you do from that can then dictate your future. And you took it as like, okay, a lesson. Let me learn from it. And now let me go forward and, you know. Right. Um, and like I, said, I, mean, I, changed, I changed it a lot, how how I was as a person and how I interacted with certain people. And, you know, just right. getting back on that right path, you know. So that was okay. okay, well, now leads me to my next question about, What's your, what will be your greatest achievement or like something that you're like proud about or successful, you know what I'm saying, during your student athlete, whether high school, college, you can talk, you know, or if you have multiple like award that you got that you're like, man, like that was a great achievement. I, I'm really proud of that moment. 
So for me, uh, one thing in high school, you know, for me was uh, getting to that point where I hit my thousand point mark. Um, you know, that's Congrats, a huge man. thing that's for you. Like, as a high school, you wanna as a high school athlete, you wanna get you wanna get that a thousand points. You know, mm-hmm. um, so being able to get to that mark um, was a huge thing for me. Um, I did it um, like halfway through the season in my senior year mm-hmm. against a rival basketball team at their mm-hmm. place. So it kind of felt good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a huge moment for me because you don't know if you can get there. <laughs> right, right. Everyone, everyone don't get there. Everyone don't make it there. <laughs> and um, in college, my freshman year, it was before you got there, um, you know, we were really young, uh, mm-hmm. no expectations. And we were the last game of the season playing against Virginia Intermont. And I hadn't really played. If you look at that box score, I played like a minute, 30 some seconds in the game. But coach threw me in at the end. I got the rebound and I hit the game winner. And that game winner led to us getting put our name in the hat for because it was like a three-way tie for number right. one. And so we ended up winning the three-way tie. So we got the automatic bid to the national tournament. That was huge. Yeah. You know huge. What I mean? And so for me, like, I always tell people to stay ready. Like, I set that bench the whole game. You know, I, mean, I played like a minute like a minute in the first half, and I set the bench all up until the last, like, 30 seconds of the game. But you just mm-hmm. got to stay ready. Um, and right now with my, with my with my beginning of my coaching career, you know, um, being able to go overseas last year during the pandemic and uh, really give give the game back to uh, some kids in the neighborhood, uh, that's probably one of my greatest accomplishments to date, um, being able Beautiful. to get back yeah. to another country and right. help them progress. And it's, you know, I started something there um, that's now leaking over to the, some of the people I met and they've started, you know, helping kids, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, they watch my videos and mm-hmm. teaching the kids, stuff like that. So that's a huge accomplishment, something I want to continue to build on. So. That's amazing. Kudos and like, you know, keep it up. I'm, I'm definitely, you know, uh, seeing you doing your thing as well. So um, just, just, just keep it up, man. And that was amazing work. Like I said, going to another country and, you know, showing them like, Hey, this is the game that I love. I want to bring it to you and help, you know, help the youth. You know what I'm saying? Like they may not play as much basketball, you know, as they do maybe football, you know, soccer or, or something like that, you know? So um, that's amazing. Yeah. Keep it up. Keep it up for real. So um, we all know hindsight is 2020. And also throughout this session, you've already talked about things that you would have done differently. But now with this topic, this question now, if you look back on like your journey, you know what I'm saying, pre-high school, in, co- in high school, going to college, you know, like what are some things that you would do differently? Or like what are some of the, the mistakes that you made that you would have said, man, I, I want to change that to kind of change the outcome. I'm not saying your outcome is bad now. I mean, what you're doing now is, is amazing. But if you, if you could go back, what are some of the things you would change and why? Um. Some of the things that I maybe would have changed, I think I would have back in high school and and stuff like that, even though I took things really serious, like I think I could have done more as far as getting my body more prepared um, to play at the next level. Because if I would have, I think I would have had a better opportunity to play at a higher level. I'll be honest, I, I mean, I had a coach um, tell me, like, I was too small to play at a D1 level. Like, I was too skinny. Like, mm-hmm. I wish I had more time into lifting weights and different things mm-hmm. like that. Like, yeah, I know I can play ball, 
but like there's other things you need to do. Um, sure. I think that's one of the huge big things for me. Um, I, I think I wish I would have valued relationships in school more um, and had better character. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not to say I was a bad person, but like some relationships that I had with some of my teachers could have been better. They mm-hmm. could, at the end of the day, I had an opportunity to go play at a school, but I needed like an English re- English recommendation. And my English teacher, she wasn't that fond of me, you know? So like when I went to her, like, hey, I need you to write something positive about me <laughs> to get into this school. It was just like, uh, I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, building, like, I wish I would have, you know, just be- build those relationships more because I value building relationships now more right. than anything, because it's not who you, uh, what you know is who, you know, mm-hmm. um, but as a kid, I, I wish I would have known more about building relationships, um, right. which is huge. Um, it, it can lead you down a path, uh, that, you know, that you can live out your dreams, right. uh, you know, who, you know, and who you come and encounter with. Um, right. Right. Um, now, I mean, I, that, that, that's the main thing for me is a better character. Uh, like I said, weight training would have been a huge thing and just building those relationships. Um, right. Beautiful. This leads me to the scale up moment of the session that I call uh, scale up. So it's more so um, what kind of, and you're already given a lot, like you've given a lot of gyms already, but if you can, you know, sum it up or, or give a little bit more, what kind of gyms or advice would you would you give to a young, you know, middle school, high school, girl, boy, playing basketball, football, soccer, swimming, whatever sport, um, what kind of advice would you give them if they really want to make it to high school and play sports or college and play sports or to the next level overseas, NBA, NFL, you know, different um, leagues? Um, what would you tell them right now if you can talk to them, to them directly? Um, one thing I would tell the, the youth right now is don't just put yourself in a box to be good at one thing, you know, because you want to be as well-rounded as possible. Um, and you don't know what you can be good at unless you try it, you know? Uh, so I, like I told you earlier, I only played one sport, but I feel like, you know, with my height, I could have been a good baseball player if I would have put more into it. I could have been a better football. I could have been a football wide receiver or something like that. But like I did, I put myself in a box um, as far as that goes, you know, not being, you know, not being afraid to be different mm-hmm. uh, is huge um, because especially with social media and being trendy, and stuff like that. Like you want to keep up with what everybody else is doing, but don't be afraid to be different. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't be afraid to try something that's positive just because, you know, it's not something that the people around you are doing. Don't be afraid to do what your family's not doing. Like just step outside and do something different. Um, also, I spoke on it earlier, uh, realizing that you're a brand. Right? Every day you wake up, every time, everything you do, you building your brand or you harming your brand, you know, building it up. Um, so as a, as a business guy and, you know, as a basketball coach, like I'm building my brand right now and I want to make sure that, you know, things continue to build. So look at yourself as that as well as yourself as a business um, and build your brand and make sure and building relationships is huge. Um, being nice to people. 
all right, mm-hmm. helping people that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't know if like that little old lady that you helped take her groceries to the grocery store, she might, you know, leave, leave you some money in her will. You just don't know. Like, <laughs> like anything can happen. Like I've seen, I've heard of a lot of stories where like you only met somebody one time, but you had such an impact on them at that moment. Like they will do anything for you, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say just be nice to like anybody just show respect, uh, have mm-hmm. manners, um and when it comes to the social media make sure it's a positive and not a negative um you know how you wear your clothes how you your what you do what you say on your social on your platform is huge um because i i've reached out to some college coaches for on the behalf of kids and they look at their instagram and it's an automatic no doesn't mean the kid can't play basketball, but it's an automatic mm-hmm. no because a school is a brand, mm-hmm. you know, and if you don't fit their brand or what you do on your social media think could be harmful to the school, um, they're not going to accept you. Right. Uh, right. So those are, those are some of the best things I can, you know, man out there. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sharing, man. Like that, that, that brand is very, very important. And it's key. Like you said, coaches, Coaches will look at your Instagram. I mean, for it, it could impact you negatively or positively. And you know, sometimes having stuff on Instagram, they're like, nah, our school is not, you know, that's not the direction that we're going because you can come to our school and give us a bad name. You know what I'm saying? Right. So mm-hmm. some people may, may have two accounts where they can be themselves on one account and then, you know, right. for, you know, but but you have to, you have to be mindful because it can definitely impact you in a negative way if you're not careful. So thanks for sharing that. So um, now I know you've already mentioned um, a little bit about your, your organization and you being a coach and you have some leagues, but you can talk about some things, talk about that in more detail and also what some of the things that you're working on right now, things you're up to these days. Yeah. So uh, right now uh, I got my shirt on. Uh, I started the uh, Southwest Virginia elite uh, basketball program. Um, right now I got a um, eighth grade team and we'll be having a, uh, a varsity team as well. Uh, I really want to give back my what I know in this game of basketball back to some of these kids. Um, and, you know, I'm excited. It's my, I've always been I've been an assistant coach. Like I did the little 10 year challenge thing. I've been an assistant coach since 2013, really mm-hmm. finally stepping out there on my own and having my own team. And I uh, really, you know, getting into it with the, in the gym with some of these kids. Um, I've been I started training kids one on one. I actually started back in college when I was at Bluefield with uh, these two brothers and sisters. But now I've really taken it to another level. Um, it started with one client and it's built up to a nice organization. I'm really impacting kids from the ages of six all the way up to 18. Um, with my training, uh, I even had, a, like I told you, an opportunity to go to another country and uh, was able to help a nice uh, community, uh, the Palm Village community in uh, Sasua, Dominican Republic, and help those kids get their uh, career started there and, you know, help them with their skills. Um, that thing, it just kind of happened out of nowhere, but, you know, once I was in it, it gave me a, like a purpose. Um, to be there and really get and get those kids going. They, they still contact me to this day and, you know, asking for videos. And, you know, once I'm able to go back, uh, kind of once pandemic and things kind of calm down, able to yeah. go back, I look forward to do some, doing some more stuff down there. Um, you know, so that's currently yeah. 
I got going on. Um, still working on my investing. You know, uh, investing crypto. I want to get into real estate and stuff like that. Um, having uh, multiple streams of income, so I can. Uh, um, I, I really want to be an expat and be able to travel the world and live in different places and experience different cultures. I got to be able to have more, more multiple streams of income to be able to do that. So. Um, that's what my main focus is for the next three or four years, and we'll see where it takes me. <laughs> nice, man. Nice, man. Hey, that's going to be a beautiful journey, man. Y'all be writing it right now. And, you know, like you say, you started with one client. Now you got an organization. You know, you got two teams. So thank you for your service, man. I really appreciate it. I love you giving back. It's amazing. You know, also knowing you as, you know, as a young college kid. I was a young college kid, too. You know, we're in college together. You know what I'm saying? And we made mistakes. We did some crazy things or, or some dumb things, but we made it through and now we're, you know, living our, our purpose, you know, like we're, 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 we're getting to that of living our purpose, but everyone don't get a chance to do that while they live. So um, definitely kudos to you, man. Definitely keep going. So, um, so last part of the other session is kind of open floor to you. Um, any thoughts you wanted to share or any topics you wanted to discuss that we didn't get to touch on throughout the session or any questions I didn't ask that you want to address open floor or you'd be like, nope, I'm done. I said it all. We good. Uh, I, I mean, I, I've talked a lot. I said a lot. And, you know, I hope that this interview can help uh, some younger kids um, through their journey and know mm -hmm. that I'm not perfect. I'm not a perfect person, mm -hmm. uh, but I am striving to make sure that, you know, that these kids had the best learning opportunity to, re to reach whatever their goals may be within sports. Um <laughs> You know, I, I got a lot of people helping me. Um, I, I do. Uh, my cousin Donald Childress, um, he went. He played college ball, and he's a business owner, and he's uh, he's a good asset to have on my team. Uh, I have another uh, friend of mine. Um, her name's Nikki Ratliff. Um, she played basketball at Tennessee, run mm -hmm. college, won a national championship. She's also a part of like helping. Uh, me with these kids and uh, training and coaching and stuff like that. So having the right people around you is a key thing to being successful. Um, like I said, the people around me have been in my life for 15 plus years, some 20, some 30. You know what I mean? So making sure you got those the, the right people in your life. <laughs> right. Anything you want to do out here, even if it's just work a regular job, like in order to have a, a good family, you know, you gotta have, you gotta just have be in the right places at the right time, and you know, just right. be around the right people. Um, so, and the last thing I got, um, a lady by the name of Alicia Ice. She's a realtor here in Roanoke. Uh, mm -hmm. She is my 2022 sponsor, um, and she, um, we met um, her fiance. I trained his son. Um, and she wanted to give back and help the community and help me. And she likes what I do with the kids. And um, she definitely, um, out of the blue, um, you know, helped me. And then she's a sponsor of what I got going on. So I just want to give her a shout out as well. So beautiful. Shout out to her. Definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you for your time, Children's Man. It's been love. You're giving a lot of information, a lot of gems. I know you're a busy man. So just keep going. Make sure you find time for yourself as well, too. Like, I know you're grinding, but you got to take care of yourself as well, man. So I want to say thanks again, bro. I really appreciate it. No problem, man. Thank you. It's been a good right, time. take care. That combo. Yes, sir. God bless, bro. Man, thanks. Thanks for tuning in to Scale, Sports, Knowledge, and Life, a space where we empower student athletes. Please like, share, 
follow and subscribe.